0: everybody, welcome to the DeFi Mafia podcast today here with Dylan and Mike as always. And we have special guest Ben from uh, Manifold uh, Trading. Sorry, what's the name of it again? I, I asked you yeah. two seconds and I forgot. Manifold Trading. <laughs> hey David, and, yeah. Uh, uh, manifold Trading. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are a quant fund, right?
1: Yes. Uh, the quick 10 second overview, Manifold Trading is a delta neutral quant fund and uh it's our job to kind of figure out what's going on in the markets and try and make money from it. Awesome. It's hard, awesome. hard to do
2: these days. For, yeah. For yeah,
0: we're going to get into it. That's why we wanted to have you on today to get uh, someone on the inside's perspective.
1: Yeah,
2: quick question. Could you explain qu- what what quantitative entails? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, so the again, the 10,000-foot overview is um, – People talk about fundamental analysis, qualitative analysis, sentiment analysis, these types of things where on-chain analysis kind of starts to verge a little bit into that territory. But um, macro analysis, quantitative is a little different from those kinds of things because those are uh, more subject to interpretation, a little nebulous. Quantitative, you are looking for uh, things that kind of... that. Machines can interpret and understand. So, if a computer de- uh, defines a certain pattern of uh, price action, it may be prudent to always follow that particular uh, pattern that a machine may be discovered. So, there's kind of machine learning that can be a part of it, and there can also be, uh, you know, stuff like liquidations and stop hunts and things like that, which starts to verge into what the uh, the more predatory quant funds that have a place uh, on exchanges as market makers can can do but uh yeah less willy woo doing his analysis or plan b stock to flow type nonsense and more yeah. um, the rainbow chart yeah more high ev bets where with defined risk defined reward and a coherent thesis that relies on hard data rather than um Interpretations of things that are a little bit more vague.
0: What's your day to day look like?
1: Sure. So I just started a uh, few weeks back. And so far it's kind of like a boot camp, right? All in every day, 12 hours a day. I'm here learning from these guys. Um, so, so my role specifically is uh, in the DeFi branch of the firm. Which means that it's my job to evaluate if there are short term high EV plays that we can make in the DeFi space, whether that is um, a stable coin depegging that we think is going to repeg or it's depegging and we think it's going to repeg further for whatever reason. Mm. Uh, that would be my, uh, my arena of expertise. Uh, additionally, looking for uh, good yield farms that we can do while maintaining delta neutrality. So if we can uh stable farm, wonderful. Ideally we're not doing nonsense like ohm forks, but uh <laughs> finding hey. good opportunities to generate yield without uh without degening. So it's kind of a, a step in a different direction compared to most most of my enthusiastic DeFi mm-hmm. uh experience, which was, you know, Jumping into Ohm forks or finding weird pool twos or trying to figure out like oh this coin just dumped and this or that piece of news means it's going to rebound for whatever reason, um, but it's yeah it's it's a lot more institutional and professional. These guys aren't messing around and uh, even I mean we've seen people who we thought were institutional were actually messing around like Dgens which we'll get into <laughs>
0: like 3AC yeah. which we'll
2: talk yeah about. exactly.
1: Yeah, but uh we don't we don't play that way we don't we don't play super cycle types you're not
0: borrowing against locked tokens is that what you're telling me yeah
1: yeah i mean the opposite of quantitative is oh it's a super cycle why because i said so
3: (laughs) yeah yeah you guys are making data-driven decisions and iterating yeah. on them, you know, on a consistent basis. Yeah, and, also- and
1: uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like the expert. So some of my <laughs> colleagues are much more knowledgeable, but yeah. uh, I hope to learn from them and become better at making targeted, small time frame bets.
3: Yeah, no, that's, it's super cool. And and for for extra color for our listeners, Ben is actually a longtime friend of mine. Uh, back from the, in the Magic Gathering days, uh, was very much mm-hmm. somebody I uh, was always a good friend of mine and somebody I look up to. So uh, and and Ben. Last year, you know, that for sure, been in crypto for what since 2017, 2016 or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I first bought Bitcoin in twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen, and then sold it like like a chump. Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, have been in and out the sidelines for five years now.
3: But last year, like you know, started taking it a lot more seriously as a lot of yeah. people did, and then you know exactly. now it's doing it full time. Uh, so, anyways, point just some extra color for our listeners. Uh, you know, we're having been on. Here, mostly as a guest, just to talk about all the market stuff from, from somebody who is uh, trading very consistently now on a professional can, level. But, can I ask uh, more time, so. anyways, I'm sorry.
0: real quick, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll get into the regular topics. But just because you mentioned like you're on the DeFi specifically, and like you mentioned a, a stable coin de pegging, literally yesterday there was like rumors of, or well, not rumors, but MIM was literally de pegging. Is that like the type of thing where you're like, okay, something's happening here? I need to go see if there's opportunity for us?
1: Yes, that is exactly the type of thing where I would say, "All right, we need to see, we need to evaluate on chain. We don't need to evaluate based on random Twitter threads. Right. We need to see, <laughs> for example, how much collateral there is, what whales are doing, uh, you know, on chain analysis, but uh, a little bit more of like, what's the worst that can happen and what's the best that can happen, and what are the probabilities of those things,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, at what point is the risk reward?" Good enough for us to make a bet, and uh, how big of a bet should we make for something mm-hmm. like that? Um, so, yeah, tr- trying to quickly cut through uh, obfuscation, fud, and uh, and on the on the flip side, FOMO, and just you know, moon boy shit, cut through all that to figure out uh, if it makes sense for us to hold a position and for how long. So, yeah, uh, I was up quite late last night trying to wrap my head around um, all of the. Uh, accusations and try to cut through the noise and find what was going on with MIM.
0: Are so, you yeah. guys using like, um, as far as like tools, do you have your own proprietary tools or using other stuff that like people Nansen know of? or whatever? Yeah. Um, yeah. So
1: we're in the process of, uh, in-housing some of that stuff, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, for right now, it, I, I mostly just raw dog it through EtherScan. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, some of my friends and colleagues a good way to uh, are, are more are more into like <laughs> Nansen to make it a little bit uh, a little bit fancier, nicer and, and easier to visualize. So mm-hmm. I I still have to make the decision on if I'm gonna jump in and, and like use Nansen or if we're gonna get the uh, the super turbo Nansen subscription or if we're mm-hmm. just gonna in-house it. And so that's kind of one of our uh, yeah.
3: items on yeah. the agenda. I've been hearing people like Parsic. Yeah, Parsec yeah, that, cool.
1: that's that's a competitor. I, yeah, that's another I, one that that, uh, that uh, colleagues of mine I actually view. met
3: one of the Parsic guys in Consensus. But sorry, Mike, go ahead. Mike. Oh yeah,
2: I was just going to ask: Have you guys? Uh, I mean, maybe at the fund or your personal trading, have you ever messed with E X O charts? Uh, in, what is Alpha Fisher from Skew or Highblock? I see that. Do you know Hustle on Twitter? I see him posting a lot of stuff from there and been diving more into it recently. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I have not personally messed with that stuff. I probably will uh, just in order to get a better lay of the land of all of the visualization and analysis tools that are out there. So ideally we can incorporate the best stuff. Um, but yeah, the fund is still quite new. So all of this stuff is being uh, rapidly designed and iterated on the fly.
0: Are you executing trades yourself? Yeah. Or is Okay. Cool. I, I, I do get to actually click the button. All right, cool. cool. Nice. <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, we'll, we'll lay off the questioning for now. We'll get into more of the broad topics. Thank you for that. Yeah. That's very insightful. I, I like to yeah, learn of more of the inside of how things no, work. That, yeah. that was fantastic.
3: Um, no, that was awesome. Thanks, Ben. Um, yeah, all right. So we have, we have a, <clears throat> a few things to cover today. And um, we'll just start with uh, consensus real quick uh, before we get into all the market nonsense. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I got to go to Austin, Texas last week, guys, for, for work um, to represent Wu and Kronos. And uh, that was a fun time. We had uh, we had a party with DYDX on Thursday night uh, at 11 p.m., which was uh, good timing because it was like there's basically no other events. So, I think we had like 300 plus people show up, like buying out the door until 1 a.m. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, and then we threw an uh, uh, an event party for uh, or an event rather for Orderly, which is the uh, new project we incubated on Near. You know the kind of Serum-esque uh, order book project on on Near uh, that, that we was incubating. So uh, we threw an event for that on Friday. Um, but yeah, it was fun. I also met uh, our our anonymous friend Chase Coins, who's a good friend of uh, David and Mike and I's uh, in our in our uh, crypto friend group, Discord and stuff. Uh, he works at was, was he
0: taller or shorter than you expected? Taller.
3: Taller. Taller. That's what
2: I thought. He sounds tall.
3: Very tall. Very tall man. Okay. All right. Uh or, yeah, reasonably, especially for for a, Chase for played
2: a... quarterback in high school.
3: did he uh, really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh and yeah, um re- recently got a job in Web3. I'm not sure if I'm actually supposed to
0: say Yeah, it, I think he's so. keeping on the DL for now. He's yeah. working in web three. But he
3: here. works for a good a good firm. So it was um it was fun to see him and it was at uh his firm's party. Uh, so I'll just leave it at that. Leave it at that. Uh, I got to go to a Pantera party, that was cool. I met uh, the uh, general partner at Parify, uh, you know, a bunch of DYDX guys. I said I just met somebody at Parsec. I met two people at Coinbase. Somebody who worked at Barclays for twenty years. Did get laid
2: off afterwards, or? yeah she uh, got the they actually got the email right as you were talking to them and they were like oh shit okay
3: they were, they were on senior, their they flight were, back home they were senior gentlemen so i'd hope okay. not i, th- I think right. they should be good oh, what God.
0: was the what was the sentiment at Cons- well i guess what was happening at consensus was celsius happening yet
3: during crisis I, I, you know what's hilarious i was literally hanging out with somebody from celsius okay. on oh, friday shit. night and <laughs> all of my friends and coworkers were asking them if they were solvent but hold yeah, on like they were funny. just ragging the sky. Uh, it was cool, but yeah, uh, um, yeah, sentiment, it was a very retail-esque, uh, event, like, um, one of my coworkers went to, like, FTX Bahamas and, and permissionless, and he said, like, FTX Bahamas was a lot more sooty, institutionalized, you know, you had the Scaramucci guys and Kevin O'Leary's and all these guys, uh, permissionless was, or permissionless was more retail, and consensus was in the same sort of vein uh i went and saw J- charles hoskinson in the flesh that was <laughs> that was hilarious uh he was like talking about saving the world or something for an hour hey
0: man listen cardano will probably make it for another cycle all right that man knows how to keep a ponzi going all right people could learn a few lessons from him
3: they've yeah. they've nailed the community aspect
0: they've
1: nailed
3: it of things. what do you think
2: They'll
0: of you know. cardano
1: ben uh i do not think of cardano <laughs> I <don't>
3: think of- <laughs> okay that's, that's all idea. we need to know
0: All right, cool,
1: cool, cool. Good
3: answer. Uh, But yeah, no, point being like, uh, because we'll keep this short, it it was kind of, it was very retail based, very retail driven. Um, Sentiment was like low, but not like destroyed. You know what I mean? Like people still believe in crypto. People still were excited about stuff, but it wasn't like, people weren't really talking about markets and stuff. Uh, A lot of Celsius talk though. There was definitely a lot of Celsius talk at the event because that was right as it was, really started to get you know more heated there. Uh and Eighth, I think de-pegged, like literally that weekend. Um but anyways, yeah, that good time, good time uh meeting meeting all the woo people and our events went well. Uh it was nice meeting, you know, some, you know, I guess higher up people in the industry and stuff and meet, meeting more people uh just in general, but um yeah, you know, that's that's honestly my summary. It was good time, re- very retail-y, so it wasn't like it's not like i learned a lot you know what i mean just met some yeah. you know met some cool people met some people at some pretty important companies schmoozed and uh that's about it awesome it's yeah. fun got was covid after
2: yeah
0: you <laughs> yeah. got covid that's the real that's the real test if you, if you really did it right at a conference if you don't get code at a conference you didn't meet enough people i think that's the actual truth um all right well speaking of celsius 3ac all that the world ending um, as we're recording this, ETH just dipped below 900. It actually just came back above. But, um,
3: 904 uh, right now. But Bitcoin is 17.8
0: 17, right now. Um, yeah, I don't know where we even start. I, let's go to Ben. Um, how has this week been for you? Uh, let's see.
1: From uh, a professional standpoint, it's been exciting. Um, I did have one all nighter. But uh, again, our fund is not exposed to uh, these moves in a meaningful way, right? If, uh, if, if Bitcoin goes down 20% from here, our fund will not lose money. Uh, if, uh, if a bunch of exchanges all shut down and Tether and USDC are insolvent, then, then, then we lose money. But then everything yeah. kind of... It's over anyway, so it's and, over and it really is McDonald's time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it, it's been exciting trying to look for opportunities um, and, yeah, reduce, basically reducing any tail risk, any tangential risks as much as possible um, where, yeah, different protocols that could uh, could prove to have bad debt or be exploited. That kind of stuff uh, in this environment is just not really a risk that we can afford to take with our clients' money. Um, so yeah, uh, taking taking that off the table and determining what our best moves from from then on, there were a lot of late night meetings to try and figure out whether, you know, whether it was just better to, sit in literal USD on FTX or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that uh, a lot of our focus has actually been on a new DeFi ecosystem that Manifold is helping, uh, basically just spotting a bunch of developer effort and then kind of seeding the liquidity on a blockchain called Clayton. The Clayton blockchain uh, is probably the best way to put it is like uh, like finance smart chain, but Korean instead of Chinese. Um, it's uh, it's kind of shepherded by this uh, or a- anchored by this uh, product called Kakao Talk, which is kind of like WeChat but in Korea, and uh, so everyone uses it, and they're offering. Clayton-based payments through the app, right? But they didn't have a very good DeFi ecosystem. So through the teeth of the largest nominal implosion of crypto wealth ever, right? Um, but yeah, by raw numbers, this is the most crypto wealth that has ever been lost uh, in, in this week. Um through the teeth of that, we are launching a new DeFi ecosystem. So that also took up a bunch of time uh, from, our, from more our dev side and, uh, and just figuring out how we're going to launch this stuff, considering that everything is going to shit. Sure. Um, but I will say that if you are looking to uh, rekindle that spark of, of DGEN, Yield farming, it, it's going to be there. And Clayton is an EVM chain, so you can bridge over. Synapse is going to have the bridges up uh, this uh, this coming week. So oh, cool. that was a big focus. Uh, yeah, reduce reduce our risk so we don't get rugged and then mm-hmm. create uh, this new ecosystem and figure out the best way to get it launched despite probably the biggest headwinds you could imagine. Will there be own forks? Uh, I believe... That's not in the first, you know, week or something. But I mean, you can launch one. Anyone can. can it's DeFi it. baby. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, there may there may be plans to have that in the coming cycle, like, that, the coming iteration. But uh, this, to start, it's just going to be um, this this uh, token called CLAP, K L A P, that I uh, that I shill on my Twitter a little bit. Um, yeah,
3: I saw that. I saw- but
1: just to just to you know spin up some interest. But uh, yeah, they're airdropping a bunch of tokens. Um, The the Clayton Foundation has uh, given a bunch of money to seed this and Manifold is kind of uh, architecting how we're going to take this money and kind of give it to people and seed liquidity and create more excitement about it. And ideally, uh, if this is the bottom or if we're coming close to a bottom, then will rocket off that bottom and uh, the Clayton ecosystem and CLAP will be a big, big part of that. So, yeah, it's kind of your standard uh, DeFi stuff. I think um, there's a bunch of stuff coming down the pipeline. So if you're not following kind of the CLAP finance and Clayton and you're desperate for something to believe in, you know, take a a look at it.
2: It's interesting. So what do you like about CLAP compared to other L1s or right now other EVM chains.
1: Yeah, so oh, well, Clayton itself. Clayton, is, sorry. Yeah, Clayton is the chain. Clap is uh, just the Dex launchpad. The uh, you know, uh, I think yeah, Dex launchpad, lend bar, the whole the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Clayton itself, what I like is you know it, it's just another cheap chain like you know a Polygon or uh, Avalanche or Binance Smart Chain, but um, they have a serious onboard on-ramp for normies. Uh, that is to say, the Cacao Talk uh, partnership is, is quite powerful. And um, I think that in South Korea, crypto is a little bit more mainstream. Like, it, it's already kind of, I mean, shit man i saw an advertisement for near on a bus when i was walking down the street today so like mm-hmm. it, it, you know people saying oh it's not normie oh it's not mainstream I mean, it's being shoved down normie's throats which is probably why they don't like it but uh mm-hmm. in in korea it's a little bit more like oh yeah haha this is interesting oh it's just integrated with my with my wechat app with my cacao talk app that's cool right so uh the onboarding of of uh of new capital in the space to start uh, churning through this stuff. Probably the NFTs, like, like linking up NFTs with Cacao talk is like, Oh, look at my cool NFT that I have as my background for our conversation, stuff like that is, uh, is somewhat appealing. Again, you know, it's not that I'm like in it for the technology or anything, I'm in it for the possibility of onboarding more people into the world of DeFi.
3: Ben, does the Clayton blockchain have a token? No.
1: Yeah, Clay, K L A Y, like Mister Mister Thompson. Gotcha. Uh Um,
0: Four-time NBA champion. Hey man,
3: I'm a a Boston fan. Lay off, bro. Um, But uh, uh, no. uh, Okay, cool. I actually didn't really know about Clayton. Yeah, I I knew nothing about it.
1: Dog shit for DeFi. They had nothing, and now they're going to have something, and so. Again, like even if you're just doing stables, if you're just USDT, USDC, there's gonna be rewards, and yeah. uh, it's gonna start out pretty juicy. So, um, yeah, take you heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, you know, be the first English language listeners who are uh, aping into the Clay ecosystem. I think a lot yeah. of the people who are on the Discord right now are uh, native Korean speakers, so huh. it, it may just not be something that. Uh, westerners realize is an opportunity
3: that's good i, I thought crypto was dead so i just said nothing to look at all summer. So I, yeah. Yeah, I have something to actually research yeah and show my boss cool yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, who, who by the way my my the boss on Wu w- ventures basically or the head of our team he spoke very fondly of y'all you guys the, the people at manifold he said you know you guys are yeah, really he, sharp fun so fun.
1: He, yeah it's good to talk to him he, he's uh <laughs> Super DJ, uh, yeah, the, the kind of person I, I like to have in the space.
3: Yeah, he's all, he's awesome. He's awesome. Um, but anyways, uh, um, yeah, no, thank you for thank you for the insights on on Clay. I, I'm gonna check that out myself. So, um, hopefully, some of our listeners too. Um, but okay, let's get into some of the the more meaty, nitty gritty stuff. Um, uh, we can talk. You want to start with like markets, a? Do you want to let's see do just a
1: background see? real quick summary where's, so like where's the jim kramer turmoil in markets
2: turmoil in markets <laughs> there's, there's thumbnail quick bit right there yeah
0: yeah uh, um okay what's the the quick tldr i mean people kind of already know it's been everywhere you had started what with celsius with the ste dpeg was kind of the first big thing
3: Well, and it's, it all stems back to luna which uh, we yeah, don't I I mean, it, it all back to luna we don't, but don't but need to talk about luna but yeah we like, did
0: we've done episodes on luna so yeah, people yeah, yeah. Know. you can go listen to those um, so STE ETH, ETH, if people don't know, basically, uh, you know, ETH v2 is not out yet. So if you want to stake your ETH, you got to go through something like Lido. They'll stake it for you, but you can't take it back until ETH v2 launches. It's don't know redeemable. when that's gonna happen. It's redeemable, right? It's redeemable. redeemable, yes. And it was one to one STE to one ETH, and then I don't know, like two weeks ago, it started not being one to one. Started depegging. Um, really,
3: about well, oh, one week, yeah.
0: About a week, yeah. Sorry, yeah. time's been moving, uh, moving kind of slowly, or uh, fast and slow, if that makes sense. Um, and uh, Celsius, in particular, uh, so like you could basically take your sde, right, throw it on Ave or something, and use it as collateral, borrow against it, and uh, that was something that Celsius was doing. I think I saw that they had one and a half billion of sde on on Ave. Yeah, go ahead, Dylan.
3: Yeah, I just I wanted to chime in real quick, and people like just fundamentally did not understand sde. A lot of people thought it was pegged, but that was not the case. It's just a derivative and the market's gonna trade yeah. it whatever the fuck the market it's wants a synth, to trade right? it. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, uh, as, as people lose confidence in the merge and like one, one of the things, um, there was a Laura Shin podcast yesterday with the ex Parify guy, I'd recommend people watch it. Uh, Mika something, I forget his last name, but he talked about Celsius dumped, a, a market sold a large portion of STE that weekend. And that mm-hmm. was kind of a red flag. Like, why would any real, why would any institution, any legitimate company, or, or company that isn't having issues market dump? So, you know, something that's off peg, uh, and uh, you know that presumably they they had already accounted and planned for the, the risk. Right? Uh, it's a it's a clear red flag. So I'm sorry to cut it, but I just wanted to add that.
0: No, no, you're fine. You're People fine. People did not I mean-
3: understand what this was, and then then Celsius market dumps. 200 mil or whatever, and it's just all silence from there, you know?
0: Yeah. So basically, STE, ETH, it is redeemable whenever ETH v2 launches. It's just people don't know when that's going to happen. And obviously, there's liquidity issues everywhere right now. And so the DPEG started uh, mainly on the curve pool with STE, ETH, and lots of people were basically borrowing against their STE, assuming it would keep that value of ETH, but it did not. And then obviously they were at risk of liquidations, one of these being Celsius and kind of a lot of dominoes started falling from that. So that was the first big one. And then it ended up on last Sunday or Monday, Celsius stopped all withdrawals of uh, from their platform. So they basically said we're, we're fucked. Um, and then, I don't know what, one or two days later, 3AC happened. I think, that was, was it Monday or Tuesday when 3AC? I,
3: I think rumors were actually going around. Or yeah, I think Monday. I think it was Monday. Monday? Yeah. Probably rumors were circulating Sunday, but like Monday, there was like a Kobe tweet on his private, started circulating right, so he wouldn't really lie about that type of thing. Uh, but then it, I think it was pretty clear by at least, definitely Wednesday morning. I mean, yeah, Su, yeah. Suzu tweeted something, I think, uh, Tuesday, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: so, uh, no one I don't think I mean, other than like a few people who have extra, uh, more inside knowledge, it seems like. They essentially just were ultra levered long and <clears throat> didn't work out. It's basically the situation that happened. Yeah, go ahead.
3: I so, just looked it up. Suzu tweeted on Tuesday. So. Tuesday. Okay. Monday oh. probably Yeah,
2: because was- people they had been tweeting, they hadn't been responding to people. Everyone was like, Where are these guys? Deleted yeah. his Instagram, all this shit. So.
0: Yeah. So they there's rumors they borrowed against like Avax and Solana, like pretty Not much locked. at the top. Locked. Not yeah, I should say locked Avax and Solana at the top uh levered long btc were in bought a bunch of luna that went to zero in anchor like they made every mistake you basically could have made um in the last six months and they've they blew up the fund is basically what happened um for for full color
3: um you know rumors uh there was a great uh spaces last night with ryan selkis from sorry and uh some others uh recommend people would listen to but they talked about yeah i think it was you know rumors 10 to 20 bill range uh probably 18 plus at the top is i think like where most people landed um 18 to 20 uh it sounds like they borrow it only sounds like they borrowed two or three bill i think they have about two bill outstanding debt at the moment Is what it is um but point being that they're they're fun let's say it was 15 bill let's let's just call it somewhere in the middle clearly it drew down to like probably sub three, you know, you know, from in the past couple months. And, um, and yeah, now I think, and and remember not all of this is liquid, right? A lot of this is.
0: Right. I was going to say the biggest problem is I don't know exactly what they borrowed, but even if they borrowed like of their 15 bill, whatever their fund was worth, uh, the majority of that, the majority of that was not liquid. That Mm -hmm. was the problem. So
2: One of the other main points, too, right, is that they were offering treasury management services to a lot of the protocols they invested in, right? So TBD, which ones those are, AVAX tweeted out the other day that they never gave
3: funds to 3 ac but, woo, woo is also good we we also tweeted that out and made that very clear because people were asking i
0: was gonna yeah. i was gonna mention you mentioned orderly and like 3ac was one of the lead investors and i was like oh i, I DM'd you i was like yo is oh, orderly good
3: all, <laughs> yeah. all good to my knowledge i've actually yeah. been really pleasantly surprised with woo's risk management and how we've been affected throughout us but you know we're still hiring you know coinbase just laid off 20 percent of their people so yeah. I've been pleasantly surprised with Wu, not to show Wu on our pod or whatever, but <laughs> yeah. but, but I, I will say that. Um, and yeah, just really quick cycling back to 3AC. Yeah, like, you know, let's assume maybe a third or half their assets were liquid and then you get a 70% drawdown. Now they only have one or 2 billion liquid and they're borrowing, you know, 2 bill against. And also like they talked about this on, on both the content pieces I mentioned, like these guys got favorable lending terms from probably every major lender you know you can imagine i'm not going to throw people who i don't know under the bus but clearly you know like the genesis BlockFi, like these guys were lending to 3ac
1: celsius almost assuredly yeah.
3: how how they got affected it's not clear right but like um point being 3ac you know tricked these guys into thinking they were the smartest people in the room and they got favorable, you know. Who the fuck yeah. let them borrow against locked avax I mean, like what? Like, yeah.
2: And to be fair, I mean, dude, Three AC was—they were. I mean, they were the fun, you know, for
3: a while. They were the smartest guys in the room. On, yeah. Yeah, because a
2: genius
1: huh? when you're levered long and it's up only.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, like, okay, Ben, from your from the inside, like, what what are people saying about Three AC? Uh. It did catch
1: us by surprise that they had such piss poor risk management. Like nobody, that nobody would have thought that they were that down bad. That they were that they actually blew themselves up. the 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 only thing I uh, I have is. Uh, <laughs> At one point someone mentioned like, yeah, I did get a message from Sue, like, how long do you think this this bear market is gonna last? Like right before
2: <laughs> Luna blew up. Oh man. That's bad.
0: I it's just hilarious that like the super cycle wasn't a meme. Like he, it wasn't psyops, right? Everyone thought that they were just tweeting the opposite of what they were doing. Someone, uh, there's this guy, uh, his name is Trader RB on Twitter. He had the best tweet of the week. He said, Uh, imagine being so bad at trading that people think you're psyopsing them with every tweet. Like that, that is the level that 3AC was at. Um, yeah, kind of incredible. Uh, yeah, people get,
1: I mean, people just like to gamble they think that they get euphoric and they just i don't know they convince themselves that uh they're unable to have their thesis disproven that they're infallible and it's uh yeah I, i can i can understand how and why it would happen even if i think it shouldn't happen on such a large scale But human nature uh doesn't discriminate between uh if you're trading uh, $1,800 or $18 billion.
0: Right. All right. And especially when you're just, like you said, and when everything's up only and you've just, you're just hitting every single trade you make because everything you touch turns to gold, you know, you definitely are going to develop a complex. And I think that's what a lot of people were saying on the behind the scenes that like Kyle and, and Suzu were extremely cocky and arrogant and, uh, you know, blew up in their faces.
1: I mean Do Kwan was also yeah. extremely cocky and arrogant. His whole persona was being a dick on Twitter because he was you know so rich and everyone else's size was not size. Yeah. I mean Maybe people will start seeing in the future these uh these kind of overcompensating levels of arrogance and and see through it, but I don't think they will because human nature is to latch on to figureheads to uh, yeah profits you
0: know people yeah they, they will for like the next year i think yeah. cockiness is out the window but you know by the time you know three years from now next cycle whatever oh we'll have we'll have a new n- new group of new group of uh evangelical leaders leading their little, little cults yeah uh, and will be back. Yep. We'll be new, yeah the same new, shit.
1: new ponzi's
0: yeah yeah for sure danny 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 will be back i 100 percent promise danny will be back yeah and we um, will probably buy his stuff. So yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, hey, listen. Yeah. In a bull market, if there's anything we've learned in the last year, it's you got a long Colts in a bull market. I mean, they there's some of the best performers out there. You just gotta know when to get the fuck out. That that's the key. Yeah. When when people start like Doing God worship on Twitter Spaces like we were with Danny. That's a pretty good top signal. I think that was when Danny was hosting weekly Twitter Spaces and people would just come up and, and suck his dick one at a time. That was pretty much the top of of
2: Spell and Ice and all that right there. So. <laughs> oh, random question, Ben. Do you guys do anything with NFTs or have done anything with NFTs? Uh, not right now. It's
1: not the market to tinker with it. I, I think that uh, before I joined, there was a portfolio, but they went down.
2: Right, because I feel
0: oh, like I feel that's like another thing. Stuff, AC. you AC, starry night capital, they bought like a hundred something crypto punks and, and basically, million
3: it NFTs or million yeah. yeah, they're yeah. going
0: cough it off, they're coughing it all up.
3: And yeah. I mean, and poor Arthur, too, from Defiance. Oh that, man, I, brutal! I don't even know if I should be saying this, but I heard internally, I mean, he, he was crying at an LP meeting on Friday, like, uh, yeah, he's
1: damn yeah. bad,
0: yeah. He He was the hero of DeFi summer, Mr. 100K into 100 mil.
3: And the reason I say poor Arthur is because, like, you know, and we've probably talked about this as friends more, maybe not on the pod, but, like, there is a clear distinction between VCs and a hedge fund. Those are two different businesses, two different investment philosophies, timelines, all this. You're operating on a quarter-to-quarter basis as a hedge fund, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, not uh, expose yourself to too much downside risk. VC, you're taking, you know, a million long-term bets and hoping one or two spike, right? Like, two completely different games. And Arthur was actually a VC, you know? And he got rugged by the hedge fund that, you know, was his LP, right? So, uh, I don't know. I, just, I feel bad for the guy. You know what I mean? Like, he was, he was doing good work. And, you know, he just gets rugged. Uh, and I'm sure it sucked because it sucked, you know, because they were his friends, too. So, um, I wanted to actually, t- real quick, just talk about three AC a little more, not to harp on it too much, but um, we talked about the AUM, and uh, I just want to like touch on like with Bill Hong, because a lot of people are comparing comparing it to the Flanks. Oh yeah, uh, Bill was significantly more levered. He like I you know uh, Shemoff covered this very well in the All In. <laughs> Basically, he had one five levered up to about I think it was ten. So like almost 10X leverage. And right. then he spun the 10 to, I think it was 22, 25. And then he borrows against the 25, turns it into 45. And then he borrows against 45. And ultimately, you know, he represented 160 bill worth of market sh- share. And really he had about 20, 20 bill in total of actual cash. Um, and all of that came from one five. But so my point is like Bill Huang like that's incredible. I mean, he he went like seven. Dude, X my, letters, my favorite, my favorite quote up.
0: was like I I think it was Financial Times or some like uh, uh uh newspaper wrote an article about Bill Huang and it was like some guy was like messaging him because they were talking about investing in Viacom, and he mm-hmm. was like, Oh, do you see Viacom today? It's really moving. And he says, No, that was just me buying. Like yeah. that's his size was definitely size. That was my favorite one.
3: Yeah, yeah. So my, my point is this this guy was ungodly levered more, way more than 3, say, 3AC. I mean, like we said, if 3AC had 15 bill, they probably borrowed two at most and obviously then saw... But relative city, to, but like to
0: all the all market that. size though, because obviously he's playing in TradFi, which is a much bigger market. Mm-hmm. 3AC's relative size to crypto is is extremely significant. And then obviously you add that in with Luna just blowing up and then Celsius also blowing up at the same time. It's just everything's happening all at once
3: no for sure for sure it's been a huge snowball and you know contagion is the hot word right um but my my point with this ramble is just that like like we we compare it to something like that and it it's it's like bill long was degenning way harder and my my point is like it's just astonishing to me that you know move to 25k knocked these guys out i mean like like that said there's piss poor risk management i mean there's no like this is what one of the guys from uh Parify was saying as well like uh on laura's podcast it's like there's no world where a move to 25k or 20 should knock these guys out it's just like i don't know it's crazy it's just fucking yeah insane.
1: i mean with with crypto the volatility is the product the point is that it's exciting um
0: these
3: guys should have known that this is yeah. a very real Yeah, it's more like
0: w- w- like basically well one thing is like all right when everyone's you know at the top when we're in the sixties and all that it's like extreme bullishness. But when you get into the forties and start going lower, how you're not like de-risking is 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 pretty beyond me you know i mean it didn't take a genius to see like hey this is probably over right we just had a major corrective move like you know as we go into the 40s and 30s it's probably done we're not going to just rip back to 60 and like he really believed the super cycle though right like that was his thing he really believed the super cycle so i mean yeah i guess if you believe the bear markets don't exist you just take infinite risk and and don't manage it but you know well yeah this well, what happens.
3: Like I saw a messy tweet that was, you know, twenty five was where they got knocked out, right? The twenty five to twenty move was three AC capitulating, right? Ben probably knows better than I. But... Yeah, I,
1: I I don't know exactly who was the forced seller. I I mean, three AC was dumping. Celsius was unwinding. Um, I'm sure that that there are other smaller players who were also just like, all right, I'm out. I'll mm-hmm. I'll buy in lower. So. The thing with crypto is, uh, there's so many more positive feedback loops with price action compared to traditional equities. Um, because there's just less money in the space and, uh, the, the volume relative to market cap is higher.
3: And that's that Soros reflexivity, like, which is yeah. something David got me hip to more you know, and that's certainly how I think about markets a lot too. And, uh, yeah prices
0: are just reflective of that no, dude. i tweeted this week i was like nft people are about to get a hard lesson in reflexivity because this guy tweeted like look at the prices of board apes and and moonbirds and all this right now people would have been mortgaging their homes two months ago to buy at these prices i'm like yeah okay go for it dude go 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 buy a bunch of nfts right now good luck with that yeah yeah it's just
1: like when everyone starts feeling poor Suddenly, all the bids that you thought were going to be sticky and keep prices up just evaporate. And that's that.
3: I saw Avi Fellman yesterday tweet something like, I think everybody last week said they would have been slamming 20K, like everyone last week. And, but, yeah. but, and, you know, again, back to the reflexivity thing, how I think, how I'm thinking about this, it's like, sure, maybe 20K sounded nice a week or two ago, but what the fuck's going on right now? Look at, <laughs> look at the situation. Dude, 1400 on ETH.
0: That was the level. I was like, oh man, last cycle all time high. I'll be ready to bid that. I've been ready to bid that to 3K.
3: Triple and Digit. Now, we were all talking about triple digits a month ago. Dude. Now, yeah. no one wants to touch this we're, shit.
0: We, we got to 1400 so fast. I was like, I, I couldn't believe And we ripped right through it. I, I was like, okay, I'm not touching this fucking market at all. Uh, not a chance.
2: Yeah. I mean, those levels were good, honestly. It's just the fact that I don't, I mean, obviously, no one could have predicted Luna, Celsius, <laughs> all these funds getting blown up. And it's just you can do as much technical analysis as you want, but I mean that's a huge factor. So um, yeah, excuse predictions.
1: TA is nice, but people rely on TA too much. Um, yeah. yeah, like TA doesn't trump uh,
3: information. Everything,
1: and yeah, it, it can be nice for people who are just scalping. Yeah, if if enough people all agree that like X level is resistance or support then yeah, you can you can trade on that. And if you're able to see these before other people, then maybe it, it will actually lead to some profit for you. But uh, yeah, I mean, m- most TA is uh, essentially, uh, as we know, astrology for, uh, for gambling addicts. Yeah. <laughs> 1400,
0: 1400 would be a great level if everyone wasn't blowing up. Right, then it's like that yeah. level means absolutely nothing.
3: You would have been a lot you better know. off uh, listening to Marin than you would in Sue. Uh yeah. Are you familiar with
2: the random yeah. line theory about yeah. Marin. The what? Have you seen have you ever read there's a old trading blog and silico that talks about a lot? It's it's uh called random line theory. You ever mm. heard of that? Uh,
1: I may have read a post from them. I do I do like in silico stuff.
2: Yeah, he's awesome. But basically, there's this old blog from I think it's like maybe oh six. So it was super old. And they ran this experiment where they would draw lines, just random someone would just pick a random line, right? Horizontal line, yep. put it on a chart, and then they would back test and experiment. Uh basically your trade outcomes and profitability and it just shows the psychology of like, oh, you draw a line, oh, it's support, oh, it's resistance, and it's yep. kind of just crazy how that works. Like, if you're really gonna do TA, it's like you gotta implement real world shit, like you're talking about.
1: Yeah, a, a lot of the the TA stuff is like, oh, if if we can get enough people to believe this, then it's gonna provide yeah. something in the microstructure of the uh, of the market, which is cool. But uh, um, I'm not really interested in that. Um, a,
0: a lot of ta is meta trading right it's like okay yeah. this looks like it would be an obvious support so because a lot of people think it'll be an obvious support maybe it actually will be a support yeah that, that exactly. is a lot of what ta is yeah yeah
1: yeah the beauty of the market is collective fantasies become reality simply yeah. because enough of the collective agrees on the fantasy
2: right a lot yeah. of people also think that ta is predictive when it's really just a risk management tool. it's like you can draw a fucking level and it's like you know, this doesn't mean shit just okay, yeah. we'll look for stuff and probably more price more morphology
3: around it. Yeah. Um, um, all right, I wanna move on to the next topic because we don't have too much longer. Uh, I'm gonna keep this below an hour or whatever. But um so all right, we covered Celsius, we covered Luna, we covered we well, not Luna, but we covered three AC. Um where where do we go from here, guys? Like what do you yeah. think is like It's Sailor over? is neck. Sailor- <laughs> the Sailor is the
0: Grim Reaper.
1: The
3: Grim Reaper,
0: I will buy the Sailor uh, liquidation if that ever
1: happens. I will take his coins, I will take his coins off of his hands. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, Sam Sam Trebek just becomes the richest person in the world. Yeah, um, he'll
0: just literally buy all the coins, dude. I mean, that's just what's gonna happen. Does anyone else have money?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, but uh, yeah, no, seriously, like, uh, I don't know that I've been definitely going through a little bit of a you know existential crisis is is this industry gonna last i think the answer is yes you know whatever crypto's had a million implosions before this isn't, this isn't the last um i don't think but uh i don't know i i asked some of our our bros uh the hash who, who's been a guest on our show last night and they put it at five percent that's just done here it's like crypto um, her yeah. dies yeah yeah um what, what do you guys think i don't know like uh, and also, it did feel free to talk about macro of die,
0: right? Like, what is die? Like, literally, everything actually goes to zero, and no one ever comes back. No, that's not. That can't happen. Yeah,
1: I and mean, that so, that would happen. That's that would like happen if uh, if great they, depression, if like man. quantum quantum. No, no, that happens if quantum computers just like break the blockchain. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, but we have super tailored.
0: Z, uh, Zk Starks, dude. Quantum proof. We'll, we'll come with new shit. There'll sure. be a new Ponzi. We'll have quantum Ponzi's at that point. There's always a new yeah. Or the regulation. They just make it
2: illegal.
1: If death is like Bitcoin trades at three digits and ETH trades at like God. less than a dollar <laughs> three digits, then
3: what if we just have a bear market for four years and it's just like the industry's really not exciting and a lot of people leave and you know it's, it's gonna sh-
2: happen. I mean, it's already happening right now. Yeah, you know? yeah,
3: yeah, That's what which, is, which like. is what we need, honestly. Yeah,
1: you know? a clean right. flush of all the excess. Hopefully, these people, these brilliant people, start uh, start working on developing real solutions to real world problems. But uh, yeah. I yeah. am extremely long on degeneracy, extremely long on uh, long human lo- nature. Yeah, on lo- lonely people, lazy people, wanting to get rich quickly mm-hmm. because working sucks and making money is. Money is fun and you need it, but working sucks. So people are just going to keep firing off these bets. People love to gamble, and the yeah. decentralized casino will always be there.
2: Uh, that's fair. Yeah. that's a great point, dude. I heard. Uh, I mean, think of what you will, Samani, but he was talking about NFTs and why they took off, and it was largely due to gambling. Like, yeah, people just like the thrill.
0: Dude, the best explanation of NFTs is, I really think it was just, it was the it, like Dogecoin was the first NFT. Right, it was a thing that had absolutely no fundamental value, but it was oh, a dog with a coin, and then you, now you had NFTs, which were like better because first of all, there was a million variations of them, and there was a new one every day. Because if you miss Dogecoin, you're like ah, whatever. But then there's a new one every day. You can put it as your profile picture. You join your little cult, right? Like like that. It was just gambling, right? It was like pure zero. I mean, people like gambling.
1: betting. People like betting on their favorite sports team. Why wouldn't they bet on their favorite token
0: project? Right, right. Yeah. And yeah. NFTs work better yeah. for normies than like shitcoins do, right? That was kind of, yeah, r- really all it was. Normie friendly shitcoins.
3: David, to riff off what you were saying, actually, like path, crypto path, pathic or whatever, he literally talked about this on up only. Like the reason why he was early on NFTs, you know, he was early on like crypto punks and axes uh, back in like 2020 was because of Dogecoin. It was like, I saw what Dogecoin did throughout 2016, 2017 cycle or whatever. And it just convinced me that people ascribe value to communities. So that's why I think, I think the
0: hardest part about that. I don't want to go like full NFT talk, but like the hardest part about that though, is like, I remember like, I mean, crypto punks were top dog and it seemed like, oh, they're just going to be worth a million each, 2 million each, whatever. And then board apes passed them. And then crypto punks kind of died off. Right. And like. How do you predict that? You know, like it's extremely difficult to gauge community commitment and and value. You know, that's an extremely intangible thing. I don't know if there's a, a good way to do that. But for sure. yeah, you can't
1: you can't value the madness of crowds, yeah. uh, the capriciousness of the market.
0: Maybe well, maybe just... one day we'll have like an extremely sick AI model that's just scanning all of Twitter all day long. And uh, can can just day trade NFTs. That that yeah. I think that's the ultimate general intelligence. That's that's the AGI I want. Forget I don't want to fucking talk to robots. I want an AGI that will trade NFTs for me. Um, <laughs> it could
3: happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, just like I don't know. segueing back to to you no know, the crypto markets in general. I don't know. I, I I've been thinking about this more myself. And I talked about this, um, I think with David right before the show, which is just like, um, there are a few silver linings at the end of the day in crypto that make me have some confidence that this industry matters in some capacity. That's like smart contracts, smart contracts, eliminate lawyers, simply put, like they just, they get rid of the need for lawyers in a lot of instances that adds value to the world, you know, uh nfts digital property ownership blah blah, blah. everyone's heard dutch bill and then three you know and sam i think just said this on some news outlet is is payments you know just use usdc on on some whatever blockchain tron uh, or, dude I, i'm or permissionless
0: DeFi, maxi i think permissionless DeFi is sick i think we're extremely early on, on on that i think people underestimate like the ways we'll be able to uh i mean Build financial tools that are actually permissionless. Um, that that's what I'm like most bullish on, honestly.
3: Well, like a smart contracts get rid of lawyers. Like we can take a loan out, you know, uh you know, at a click of a button or whatever. Like that that shit's cool. And yeah. to off what you were saying. Uh, but, so, anyways, these are some of the things that give me some hope that our industry isn't a complete scam. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, uh, last thing I'll say. Sorry for the ramble, but is, uh, and I actually heard one of my kind of more normie friends say this the other day. Is like. It, it the industry needs a one eighty for like how it presents itself because yeah. it is very scammy. We we all know this and you know we all work in this industry. It's very it's very scammy. Most of the stuff is you know grifters and fucking sharks and all this bullshit. Um and it also that's the perception to to normies as well. And like we said, as you know, people are trying to shove it down their throats. So uh, I don't know. I think we just see a really big re rebranding or one eighty or whatever the fuck. And yeah.
0: Ben, you mentioned that you obviously work, like, in DeFi basically all day long. Uh, obviously, in addition to Clayton, what you talked about, like, what is, like, what you want to see next for DeFi? What do you think sure. for the future? Yeah. Um, so this kind of segues
1: into my more my personal book, my personal investments um, and personal theses as opposed to, you know, short-term Delta neutral trades. But uh, I generally speaking, agree with a lot of the recent Arthur Hayes piece. I don't necessarily agree with all of his specific shitcoin predictions, but uh, yeah, so, um, and he tends to touch on a lot of different topics uh, just, just so it, if right. anyone hasn't
0: read that, just for people listening, uh, basically he, were the coins he talked about, like Uniswap, I think yep, he likes Uniswap, Lido, Sushi? Swap. sushi. Yep, does Uniswap he like Sushi is...
1: too? Yes. So he likes Uni and Sushi, uh, and he believes that Uni is going to eventually vote themselves a percentage of protocol fees, which is right. why it's okay to buy it, even though the token itself is not yield generating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Union uh, Sushi, then uh, GMX as the decentralized leverage exchange um, and then uh, Looks Rare uh, as has been on NFTs because you can't buy OpenSea unless you're trying to get some kind of like private seed round or something and then um, uh, ENS Ethereum Name Service and I believe that that's it. Uh, I don't Think he shilled any lend borrow protocol, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if you know, I think Abe he mentioned
0: Abe, Abe in a different article, not that sure, one. but he, he wrote about like Lido, he really likes Lido, he will yep. be like a, a, a infinite duration bond at some point yep. when these two comes out. Yep, well, So
2: interesting, interesting. Yeah. yeah.
0: He he had he picked some like shit
1: coins that uh, he beliefs represent real value being generated by real people using the protocol and paying real fees so that's again trading stuff around moving things and paying a fee for the intermediary that allows them to to seamlessly move Uh, and then uh yeah uh, in, in theory that's that's the biggest one it's just swapping swapping coins uh leverage trading coins uh, and then paying for uh, ownership of uh, digital art or digital identity, which is the uh, ENS stuff, right? Like that you could get, uh, you know, DeFi Don. Heath, for example, mm-hmm. or similar. Yeah. So, uh, so that's a piece of it. Uh, and I do decently agree with his thesis, although it's very, very, very hard to evaluate based on earnings because... Uh, with crypto earnings are contingent on trade activity and trade activity is contingent on price movement and price movement is contingent on trade activity. And so it's kind of, it's cyclical. All of this being very, very dependent on liquidity injections by the Federal Reserve. And that then kind of starts talking about the macro stuff. But uh, assuming that you are bullish crypto, uh in the long term and that you like what and, and you you think that the federal reserve will eventually pivot then you go the level back down and you say okay now let's talk about what's actually good to own what shit coins do i want to own mm-hmm. uh in that scenario so uh, yeah i i generally speaking agree with his stuff uh if we're talking about specific allocations or what i want to see in defi which is what you originally asked david um I would like to see uh, more abilities to uh, yeah, I, ideally uncollateralized or undercollateralized loans. So that's a, a primitive that hasn't really been explored yet. People are kind of trying, um, but it's really hard because, you you know, you would have to create this like reputational score type situation. Um, I
2: would, yeah. It, I would maple's done it. score. Maple's Yeah, but they out. do it
0: for institutions, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you familiar with the,
2: the TrueFi or Goldenfinch? I have
1: I have heard, but yeah, I am it's actually one of the things on my on my uh, re- <laughs> research spreadsheet. Yeah. Uh, Goldfinch. Yeah. yeah, Goldfinch and TrueFi. Um, yeah. and yeah, I uh, I have plumbed through the uh, forums for TrueFi like borrower requests from a year a year back, like oh Winterview wants to borrow, Alameda wants to borrow, Jump Capital wants to borrow um it's funny it's like oh yeah all the all the chads want to borrow um (laughs) yeah yeah and watching the uh differences in the amount of uh money they're willing to pay the rates that they're willing to pay to borrow that money um is kind of interesting but yeah uh democratizing that a little bit would be nice and that kind of dovetails with the ens stuff where it's like if it's just some random anonymous address it can never work um but uh doing away with the idea of anonymity and privacy may be necessary for the next phase in this process. Uh, the same way that the internet as a whole, you, uh, in early days, it was just people like shit talking each other on IRC and like forums and stuff. And now it's really you like there is still the ability to, to be anon on, on, on Twitter, for example, which is part of the reason why Twitter is like, kind of a a last bastion of uh of of the old-timey internet but um like linkedin facebook instagram it's you it's it's tied to your real identity and so yeah i mean this can get kind of dystopian where we talk about like chinese social credit scores and things like that but uh ideally if if defi wants to move beyond an anonymous open casino it may need to do that um, otherwise um yeah so, so that's one way that DeFi can go that i would be excited about uh, additionally yeah i am just long on people wanting to swap coins and trade coins and as such i want to own a piece of that infrastructure which is to say stuff like uniswap sushi swap gmx um dydx uh, possibly even DOPEX. Once we get into the more exotic stuff, assuming that they uh, make their products good. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't have any other super long-term visions for what DeFi can accomplish. Uh, there's a lot of talk about like NFTs as property ownership. So uh, we'll see if if that can become a reality. That that would be nice for disintermediating like all the nonsense with realtors and title loans and things like that, that uh, are title companies that create uh, complications in transfers of ownership of things. But uh, I mean, if you go to the DMV, it's really annoying to get new titles and get new registration. If it's an NFT, it's a lot easier, things like that. But then again, it's again, tying to your real life persona. You're not going to be able to be, an anonymous cartoon cat on the internet and own real property.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. with that being said, do you th- I mean, what do you think about L1s versus L2s and emerging zk solutions? Mm-hmm. Because with that stuff, it seems like zk's would be the obvious answer to that type of thing, right? Yeah, um, I'm
1: pretty bullish on l2s uh i like arbitrum a lot uh i think that the zk stuff can definitely um, can definitely make make a big impact um i i encourage anyone who wants to scale on uh on ethereum to keep trying different possible solutions um i think that the majority of competitor l ones are probably not going to make it. I think that Solana may because uh, SBF uh, is going to babysit it through possibly so I think it has a higher chance uh, and it has a, a good utility for uh, high frequency trading firms sure. to uh, to fire fire bets on it because it's pretty centralized and they can do like fast order book style trades so
0: you, you yeah, think serum you, will get adoption like major adoption at some point uh
1: there's so much variation there's so much variance here in like making a claim like that but i think it has a higher chance than uh than anything else that that offers what it offers Gotcha.
3: Uh, I was gonna say, like we we touched on Cardano, like jokingly earlier, but there's some truth to it. And like Solana, along the same vein, has done a good job curating their c- community and, and mm-hmm. also subsequently making a lot of them dev- developers. And actually, I, I you know I've heard I heard the second census, but I've heard it uh, in the past as well. As well, like uh, a lot of the successful ones or successful ones, they made their community rich, right? Yeah. Like, pe- People yeah. who develop on Solana got rich off Solana. People who develop on Avalanche right now probably made a good chunk of money on Avalanche, you know? Uh, and I think there's some truth to that and also creates, you know, some stickiness with it. Um, and anyways, just my, just my point is, like, I know we a lot of us have shit-talked Solana before, including myself, And uh, but it, it does seem like as time goes on, despite the chain maybe being, you know, less technically sound than others, they, they've done a great job just solidifying a community and developer base which i think along with you know spf i guess him holding it uh could get it to the other side yeah they
2: have nfts and their DeFi ecosystem even though it got you know we all know what happened with their altcoins and stuff but they have maple on there which is kind of a big move and Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of emerging protocols on there i i was going through it last night i forget off the top of my head but there's some pretty interesting stuff being built over there um, yeah. yeah, I, I yeah.
0: agree with what you said about the execution layer part. I think that's what Solana is going to end up being. They're going to be this high throughput execution layer for people who are looking specifically for that and need that for their applications. Yep. Uh,
1: so I, I wouldn't sleep on it. Uh, if you're trying to allocate uh, again for a next bull run, it's not a bad idea. Although I certainly like just owning ETH from fundamentals um, and uh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. But a, a lot of this is, again, just contingent on the macro stuff. And uh, it's really easy to um, miss the forest for the trees, right? We're talking about different trees here. Solana, Ethereum, Scaling Solutions, which DeFi protocols do you like? Um, and we're missing that uh, all this is kind of contingent on the fertilizer continuing to be sprayed um, right. by the central banks, which, uh, which is kind of yeah the, the big overarching thing that we're all that we're all
3: kind we of privy pa- to we need powell to pivot and print again yeah i don't i don't think we have yeah. time to get into macro today i there's I, a lot of stuff i was gonna to discuss, ask
0: but... like final question to wrap it up based on what you just said like obviously i think everyone now listening to this is like okay clearly we're in a bear market how long it'll last who knows uh the biggest question now is like And and for me too, like personally, like, okay, I'm sitting pretty much mostly cash right now. So at what point do you start allocating? At what point do you start looking to accumulate, whether it be Ethereum or Uniswap or whatever you're looking to accumulate? Sure. Uh,
1: Yeah, so I do want to be, again, accumulating, like you said, uh, the Ethereum major utilities you could even lump bridges in there if you want uh like stuff like stargate or synapse um and then yeah your your dex coins and things but when but you're asking when to start turning bullish and so you can either think of this temporally or you can think of it price-wise right so price-wise you have to have targets you just have to because no matter what you're going to be scared when it's time to buy that's just Mm -hmm. the way it is you're you're not going to want to click the buy button and you're going to have to do it anyway Um, And if you don't, then you will have fun staying poor. So uh, the prices to click the buy button, I'm, you know, I'm just going to pull some numbers out of my ass. Um, I think that uh, there are a couple levels that I like buying ETH. One is a psychological, these are all kind of meme numbers, psychological levels. 888, which we saw today, is literally getting hit. If you want to buy right now, it's not a bad time to fire in a piece of your stack. Um, uh, 600 is another one uh, because it, um, (laughs) I I, I called it the triple halving of ETH, the triple E half from 4,800 to 2,400, 2,400 to 1,200,
3: 1,200 to 600. People love round numbers. Round numbers, baby.
1: Yeah. The the actual one that I think, because for whatever reason, I think there's going to be a massive bit here four hundred and twenty dollars yes dude yes
3: um, could i tell you want,
0: i i was about to yeah. put bids at 421 on ftx so i could front run all the 420s I, that i swear to yeah. god i thought about this two days ago
3: yeah I, I
1: would yeah probably do it somewhere between like 425 and 450 just to front run all the like <laughs> yeah. bullshit in that area um but uh yeah that would be like my final my final bullet like you know my, my hail line. mary so, and that's a theory, that's right? Ninety percent,
0: right, from the top, too. So.
1: Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, and Bitcoin, you can similarly, I mean, picking anywhere between ten and fifteen k as your final stand is totally reasonable. And again, you can be accumulating um, Dex coins, Dex or Dex tokens, bridge tokens, um, look, CNS type stuff as well, if you uh, if you want to. Be a little bit more exotic maybe try and earn some yield LPing this stuff it's all good um then we can talk about temporally right so we have some some maybe price targets because we know we're going to have to click the button temporally uh we're thinking okay uh this weekend right now is a long weekend a low liquidity weekend that we're seeing a bunch of f- forced selling that's why the price is moving down so quickly uh arthur hayes throughout that july 4th weekend which is also a long weekend right it's like a bank holiday on monday or whatever long weekend low liquidity weekend right at the end of the second quarter when a bunch of companies are fucked and have to like rebalance um that we're going to see additional selling where there's no fresh fiat coming into the system right like coinbase isn't processing everyone's major wires and deposits right so if you're a whale or big institution You can't wire in the money on Saturday or Sunday to be able to buy this dip. So uh, it could be this weekend. It could be July 4th weekend. These are decent temporal targets for making an allocation. Um, And then beyond those two as like meme, pulling it out of your ass, temporal targets as opposed to price targets, you can pick um, October. And why October is because the midterm elections are in November and, um, Powell and pa- Powell, despite, you know, heading the federal reserve, which is supposed to not be like politically, uh, influenced is politically influenced and is being pressed to demonstrate that he's going hard on inflation. And so they're going to keep talking like they're going hard on inflation, 75 bips rate hikes, etc. Um, Now, uh, once we get towards election time, not only is it like, okay, this electoral pressure of, oh, we need to show that we're doing something wears off, but um, you start having more dovish influences on potentially pressing for the election. What I mean is helicopter money. What I mean is um, printer. Um, So, yeah, like... The idea that UBI could start in October is totally plausible to me. And I say UBI and I mean like gas. Oh, we're going to give all Americans $200 to subsidize their $7 a gallon gasoline.
0: Mm. Is
1: Biden going to do it? Oh, there's a pretty decent chance that he does. Um, Mm -hmm. Is it an above 50% chance? No, I would put it at like a 20 to 30% chance. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh it's just something to consider and as you start hearing rumblings this summer uh it's a hot summer people can't afford their power bills people can't afford their gas uh people are getting laid off uh things will things will change um and the markets will price that in the markets may price it in a little bit ahead of when it actually happens because markets are forward-looking and crypto is especially forward-looking uh, beyond that, um, yeah, as Arthur Hayes said, uh, yield curve control needs to happen. Basically, no sovereign nation ever willingly defaults on debt denominated in their own fiat currency. So America will just eventually print its way out of the debt that it's in. And so uh, just be ready for when that happens time-wise as opposed to price-wise and just fire in. So the second that, uh, that any of this stuff starts to gain real political traction, you're just all in. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, you got me excited. I'm ready to go all in, dude. I'm ready. Well, I mean, me not so yet, but you know,
1: <laughs> pick pick your times and your prices and divide it up based on however. I know for some I of
0: these think. alts, the pricing is hard. like like Uni. I mean, Uni, I was just like, it was forty five dollars. It's three fifty. I mean, we're already down ninety five percent. Like, where buy it at a dollar, two dollars? Who gives a shit? I know.
3: Who the hell knows? Crazy. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I want to wrap this up, but I was just gonna say with the Powell stuff, yeah, like I I do think there's a reasonable percent chance. Uh, Uh, He does start to print again. I I heard uh, uh, somebody else talking about this recently, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm personally, I'm I'm just waiting for the macro signal to uh, the green light when the green light's on, you know. And we are certainly not there yet. So,
1: yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to be a hero. You can just wait until the Fed turns, and then you can just ape in with everyone else and start going with the flow. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, and like, yeah, we don't need to hit the bottom, right? We just need to catch the meat of the trade type thing. So, uh, yeah. Anyways,
0: I think. I think that's a wrap. This was awesome. Thanks so much, yeah. Ben. Thanks yeah, for your time. great
3: having you on, dude. Thank Yeah, you, my thanks. pleasure. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for coming well, on, buddy. Welcome anytime
0: you want to come back to. If uh, the world's in informative. On, we'll have you on again. Yeah, I'll, thanks, shill, I'll shill our next DeFi project Yeah. See you guys. Yeah. Next, yeah. Check out Clayton. Come on, guys. After that, yeah. you guys got going to check out Clayton now. You owe Ben. Come on. Clayton mm-hmm.
1: and the Clayton ecosystem, Clap and Finance. Clap. clap. Yeah. 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 Here we go. Before
2: we sign off, Twitter... Oh yeah. Oh
0: I'll, yeah. Go
2: ahead.
1: Uh, yeah, my, yeah, you'll yeah, you'll link everything in the description. But uh yeah, mostly it's it's like ninety-five percent ship posting five percent alpha.
0: That's so. okay. That's that's our specialty. That's our specialty. Yeah. All right, cool. Thanks All right, so much,
1: man. have a great day. Thanks